Okay, so where's my line by the Pixies? Um, fits really well with this week's movie, which uh, is Inside Out for those of you listening. Um, this is technically Kate and the Boys, but we have a couple guests with us this week. Um, how would you like? You guys like to introduce yourselves? I'm Karina, and I'm James. Um, and currently, Ollie and Kate are on their way. So technically, right now, it's Karina and the Boys. <laughs> Yeah. Revival of last year's radio show. A bit, yeah. All right. Minus Michael. <laughs> so, <laughs> minus the really good insights. <laughs> the really great insights of <laughs> someone whose favorite movie was, um, what was it? What it was, was Baywatch. Baywatch, yes. Baywatch was Because of movie. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, not even because of the mostly naked women. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, all of that. So... Let's we can spare you from that, but let's talk about something else. Um, so, how is everyone's week so far? Yeah, <laughs> it's been good. It's been good. Just been trucking. Uh, more than halfway through the week, so that's always a good sign. You know, live for the weekend, I guess, until you find out what you want to do in life. I guess. Yeah, true. First of all, what did you guys think of the movie? It was our first Pixar movie in. I guess, ever shown at Concordia, Cinema Religion, or the Fall series. I forgot what that one was called. Media, Media analysis. analysis. There you go. <laughs> uh, Media Analysis or Cinema Religion. It was the first Pixar movie. I don't think it was the first animated movie, but it was definitely the first Pixar movie. Um, it was suggested by Nicole, who is no longer here. Um, <laughs> don't say that like she died. Okay. She just graduated. Nicole graduated, <laughs> and we wish her the best of luck, but she was the one who... Uh, Suggested it. So, that being said, what do you think of the movie? Let's start with, I mean, either one of you. Whoever wants to jump in. Okay, I'll start. Um, I like this movie. This was my second time watching it. But I will say it's not my favorite Pixar movie, like, by far. Okay. What is your favorite Pixar movie? Mm, that's a difficult question. I'll let you think about that. I'm going to have to think about okay, that. Okay, I'll let you think about that while I go to James. But... James, what do you think of the movie? I thought it was a pretty great movie. It it kind of had this huge overtone where it basically says how emotions motivate us, but our emotions were graced to us by God, so we should be feeling the emotions that God wants us to feel. But overall, I thought they did a really, really good uh, job expressing what emotions look like and how they can change over time through different attitudes and different I guess lenses, like how, you know, when sadness would touch some of the core memories, they would turn to sad because, you know, like, how do you know you're in the glory days, right? And then you think about it and that that could be a sad memory instead of a happy one. But I I thought they did a really good job portraying all the different emotions and stuff. Yeah, I loved how they used that moment to show how... Because I guess for most of the movie, Joy was acting like sadness was like a negative thing. Like you couldn't be sad ever. And then later she found out like, oh, it was because of the like part that was sad that the good memory came out of it. Like she got to spend time with her family and her teammates and they like lifted her up even when she had like a, yeah. a bad game. Well, it's because they could see she was sad. Like if she didn't show the sadness, then they wouldn't know right. how to comfort her, basically. Um, I really like this movie. It's, like you said, not one of my favorites. It's not my favorite Pixar movie. My favorite Pixar movie has to be 
I don't know. Sorry. I, was, <laughs> I went with that with so much confidence. And then, like, completely... I would say Toy Story, honestly. Really? Yes. Because I, I remember getting Toy Story, at, like, on VHS for Christmas one year. It was the greatest thing ever. Because it was... um. It was a pirate version from Mexico because I spent my Christmas in Mexico. But, like, I kept it till I was, like, in high school, and then it broke. Um, but it wasn't really worth any money because it was a pirate version. That's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I really I really liked it. I liked the way they expressed the emotions, like James said. I really enjoyed the actors in it. Um, I think each person, each person they chose to be... Joy was Amy Poehler. Um, Sadness was Phyllis from The Office. <laughs> uh, Minnie Kalin was Disgust, which works. And then um really angry guy named... I don't know. Louis Black. Louis Black was anger, right? Okay. And, like, his comedy is, like, very, er, I'm angry about whatever it is. So I really like that they chose these people to be the actors. And it, it really worked. Um I don't know who's... I'm leaving Sadness out, but I don't know... Not Sadness. I'm leaving... Fear. Fear. Fear is Bill Hader. Bill Hader. There we go. Yeah. And he did a good job in that, too. So, yeah. I feel like the role... He was funny. I liked yeah. him. The people they picked did a good job, like, portraying their their emotions. Um, so, yeah. Let stop saying, um, because of uh, <laughs> as per speech class. <laughs> At Feaster, don't listen. <laughs> At Feaster, don't listen. All right, so uh, this brings us to the question, right? The question for this week, which if you've already done your web assignment, which I've not, um, you may have already have like a super detailed answer about this, but I haven't, and I'm still going to go ahead and try answering this question. Can you tell me what the question is? Yes, I was about to get to that. So the question this week is, whose are the guiding voices in your psychic journey? So whose voice do you listen to when you when you are guided along the trail of life, essentially? I'll let you guys take a second to think about that, unless you have an answer ready to go. Yeah, I mean, that's insanely deep. <laughs> like, yeah, right. I don't even know what to say. How, uh, yeah. there's always, I guess you could say there's always that you know, little devil guy on your left shoulder and the angel guy on your right shoulder. Yeah. The but, classic, like, good and bad decision yeah, thing. I don't know. Because, yeah. you know, we've messed up. We've made bad decisions. We've made good decisions. But I don't know which one to follow, necessarily. It's just kind of a gut feeling. It's something that you're told without having to be told in your head. I don't know. It's just... Yeah. Well, so, like, for example, Riley in the movie, right? Yeah. Riley's guiding voices were her emotions. Um, like, Joyce yeah. and all of them. They were her guiding voices. But, at the same time, the guiding voices learn through, like, observation of what Riley observed, right? Like, um, there's a whole, like, the islands, right? Like, family island, friendship island, all that those core memories served to really inform her emotions as to like what's good and what's bad and what she should do and stuff of that nature um so and as far as like this class goes we can either look at it like a a religious thing like do you like look towards like the spiritual like god um whatever religion you are do you like view it as like more people guiding you type of thing 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it can go any number of ways, which is why it's a really deep question. Um, thirsty advocate. <laughs> Plus, like, not all decisions are just like there's a good choice and a bad choice, and you have to pick which one you're gonna do. Like, a lot of decisions in life are way more complex than that. Like, both options have their pros and cons, and yeah. it makes it more difficult to choose. Even I think. Mm -hmm. than picking whether you're going to go with something that's good or bad. Yeah. I always liked uh, the idea of people, because I've said this, I think, every radio show so far. I'm agnostic, so, like, I don't I don't believe that there isn't a God, and I don't believe that there is one. It's more of a, I don't know, type of thing. Um, but so for me, it's always been, like, people who have been who have informed my decisions like, back in high school, I had a friend, her name was Martina, and I told her, like, you're my conscience. Like, you are who my, like, my physical manifestation of my conscience is you. So, like, if I'm going to make a decision, I take a second to think, like, okay, if Martina was here, what would she say? <laughs> and I can I feel like I've had that since then. Like, it's changed a different person, but I've had a conscience, like, representation of a person. Um, kind of like, have you ever seen either your house where, uh, like, some of the people that he's, like, killed come back and, like, haunt him in a way? Like, whenever he, like, needs to make a decision? Are you talking about the TV show house? The TV show house, yeah. No, I've boys, I've you know, no. seen trailers for it, but I never watched it. Okay. Or, like, in Scrubs, whenever, uh, it's, like, a later season, all, like, his dead patients come back whenever he's trying to make a really difficult decision. Mm. No. Yeah. Nope. No. I mean, I get the analogy I, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I see but what you're saying. No, nah, I've seen it. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like past experiences like that and trial and error has a huge effect on the new decisions we tend to make. But it's extremely difficult whenever you get to more personal and deep decisions. Because then at that point, you just got to follow, uh, you just got to follow your heart, I guess. Yeah, I think, like, my past self informs me sometimes. Like, I think back to a time when I was in a similar situation and what I did then. and I can kind of evaluate, how did that go? Like, would I do the same thing now? Would I do something different? And I think that helps me like trust myself when I make decisions mm -hmm. to know that I've kind of been there before and it worked out okay see I don't I don't like making decisions by myself I usually like try to, even if I've already made a decision I try to bounce it off of someone else yeah I think right? that's smart like you have to get an outside perspective even if it's a personal decision yeah like whenever I uh, would talk to my friend like whenever I live with my friend Tommy right we would like if I had an important decision to make I would go to him and be like oh, hey, I have this decision, like, don't say anything until I get to the end because I'm going to tell you what I want you to tell me, type of, like, I would not, I wouldn't say that out loud, but basically that was implied. Like, I'm going to tell so you're you. you're looking for affirmation. Basically. And, like, usually because it wasn't, like, if it wasn't, it was a completely, like, bad idea, he'd tell me straight out, like, no, that's a bad idea. But if it wasn't, like, a terrible idea, he'd be like, yeah, Jerry, you should do that because you just told me to tell you you should do mm -hmm. that type of thing. Clarissa will ask me if I like tell her something. She's like, do you want me to like aff affirm you or do you want me to tell you what I really think? Mostly I just want her to tell me what she really thinks. Yeah. Like 
I don't know, I can affirm, if I want to talk myself into something, I can rationalize it on my own. Like, if I'm asking for someone's opinion, I really want to know what they think mm-hmm. and actually get a perspective that might help me. What else, Jerry? I'm trying to see. Like I said, my show notes are... Can we talk about gender? Yes. Like, I loved how they had her characters, like, male and female, and then they showed the, like, adult ones were, like, all female or all male, and I think it was, like, very representative of our society. Yeah. I got got this question from the internet, and it's about Inside Out. Do you think it's easier for males or females or for younger or older people to express different emotions? Which ones and why? Yes. (laughs) I could expand on that. I mean, I I think when you're younger, like, you tend to wear all your emotions. Like, this could just be me. But, like, you tend to wear all your emotions, like, on your sleeve, right? Like, you can tell when a kid is angry or sad or whatever it is. Like, you can tell right off the bat just by looking at them. Whereas, like, as an adult, you don't see that as often. Like... I'll come in here, like, one day, and I'll, like, I'll be upset, but, like, I'm not going to show them upset. I'm going to be the same Jerry that y'all come to know and love, right? Like, it takes a lot for me, like, if I am upset about something or angry about something, it takes a lot for me to actually show it. Whereas, like, for the most part, I'm just me type of thing. So I think when you're younger, it's definitely more obvious than as, like, you're older. I mean, as guys... I'm I'm not the only one who thinks this. It's, it's like when we get that feeling of sadness or anger or, or just sadness and fear, we have to like push it down. We got to do do some man stuff and <laughs> push it down and, you know, and I think that's where people have it wrong. It's not healthy. And until guys see that, they're just going to be boiling inside themselves. Right, and I think as a society, we, like, push that on men and not on women. Yeah. Like, if I was sad and I came in here and cried, no one would, like, really think anything of it. Yeah, but boys don't cry, Karina. Yeah. There's an entire <laughs> song by The Cure about the fact that boys don't cry. There's a Girls Don't Cry song by Fergie. Is so. there? Yeah, there is. I've never heard that one. <laughs> I hate that I know that, but I do. What's funny about the boys on Cry by the Cure is, like, it's all about, like, how he was broken up with by this girl, but he can't, like, show the fact that he's sad. Yeah, see, and that's dumb. He's like, a boy. You should be able to show your emotions yeah, if you want to, which regardless is, of your gender. Which is another reason why I really like New Girl, because, like, when Nick and Jess broke up, they both were sad, and they were, it was very obvious that they were both sad. Yeah, that was and, like a realistic portrayal, yeah. I feel. And like they were both still there for each other because they're friends. And Except TV that they show. kept living together afterwards. That seems like not a good idea. Do y'all think that society values certain emotions over others? I think that, yes. Yeah. For sure. Especially like as a, a gender type thing. Like as a man, you're supposed to be stoic. And if you show any emotion at all, then there's something wrong with you. Right? Where as a woman and Karina can correct me if I am wrong um, you're expected to be emotional especially like the, the stereotype is like oh once a month you're going to be super emotional and uncontrollable right like that's the, the stereotype and it's, it's wrong it's a terrible thing to 
continue to perpetuate in our society. But it's definitely something that's there right now. Like it's even if it's underlying or if it's outright, it's something that's there. Right. And I think it's interesting, like with that, like women are like expected to be emotional and stuff. Women are like really expected to fill certain roles. Like you're supposed to be like motherly Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I think people attach motherhood and those kind of qualities to womanhood. Mm -hmm. And the best way I've heard it put is motherhood is an extension of womanhood. It's not a requirement of it. And so that role and those kind of qualities are something you can choose to have or not. But in our society, it's kind of something you're expected to have. And if you don't, it's like super weird. Yeah, like whenever younger couples get married, like they're they're always asked, "Oh, when are you gonna get, you know, when are you gonna get pregnant? When are you gonna have a kid?" Even though like not everyone wants a kid, type of thing. Right. People uh, asked me that when I was like seventeen. Oh, so when are you gonna get married? What? My no? <laughs> Mexican family asked me that every time I go to Mexico. They're like, "Why aren't you married yet?" It's like. Because I'm only 27. Like, what, what are you talking about? And my uncle last year was like, when I was 27, I was married and had two kids. And I was like, well, that's your life. <laughs> no, thank you. Like, do you see how well your life is going right now? <laughs> so, yeah. Right. It's not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Some people do it and are happy with it. But it's something I think that we have, like, an expectation of that we shouldn't. Yeah, for sure. I want to go back to the whole um, Riley's having, like, both guy emotions and girl emotions like they're represented at least whereas like mom had all the emotions were women and dad all the emotions were men right um there was an interview that the director had with someone saying the reason he did that was because as children you're more open-minded like you're not set in your ways whereas like as an adult you are you tend to be set in your ways so after a while you become one way or the other whereas like there's a fluidity in children that like isn't theirs right adults. those like roles haven't been like pushed on them yeah. yet like those are learned behaviors mm-hmm. and i'm gonna take it a step for a uh, step further saying like well it's also like a generational thing right like the parents mm-hmm. were probably pushed yeah. in that in that very like structured gender roles whereas like riley is technically a millennial right i don't know when we, when does we never come out she's probably gen z it was <laughs> gen z i think it was 2015 when it came out and she was okay if 12 she was, 11, if she was 11 or 12 yeah then she's she's a millennial, she's a millennial. yeah she's like right at the end of being yeah. a millennial but she's a millennial and like so millennials are more open with their emotions they're more in tune with like the rest of the world I, not. I would definitely say individualistic too yeah yeah a lot of people are trying to you know be them and not what you know the older generations want them to be yeah they don't like we don't like to be put into stereotypical general because you know like i i hear older generations all the time like oh you millennial you are crazy yeah, <laughs> but I I I'm looking at the kids these days, and I think they're crazy. <laughs> like so, some of the stuff I hear about the youngins, and I'm I'm still young myself, but just like kids in middle school and elementary, some of the stuff I hear from my f- teacher friends who are just downright crazy to me. 
but that that could be completely normal for them because generations change. But I think emotions are slowly evolving, and into what I I can't say, but yeah, I think it's kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, what's interesting about that is when I started working at middle school, um, a lot of like my older students, like the the seventh and eighth graders, um, and me. We were, although opposite ends of the same generation, we were in the same generation. So, like, I related to them real easily, whereas, like, some of the older teachers were like, I don't get this. And I was like, what, 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 like, what do you mean you don't get it? There's, it's just it. Like, I don't understand, like, what you don't get about whatever they were into or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like I said, while we were on opposite ends of millennials, we were still rolling the same group which is what really what made me a really good middle school teacher back then i don't think it happened today like today it's be interesting now because then you got the yeah new kids i like went back and like taught after school like elementary and some of those kids i'm like i, I don't know i don't get you no yeah my best friend's a middle school teacher at nolan ryan junior high in Pearland, texas and uh some of the stuff she's seen and heard in that school i can't talk about on live radio for anybody that's listening, because some of it's just absolutely absurd. Well, it's kind of disgusting, but you know, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, no, it's it's insane. Like some of the kids nowadays are definitely, I'm not gonna say heading on the wrong track, but they're like missing a couple I feel things like that other people are like that the older generations didn't. You know, our generation having kids and such. You know, we wanted to be individualistic. We wanted to, you know, be different and have our own little thing. And I think that, you know, parents these days are giving their kids so much leeway and so much room to grow. It's, you know, kind of heading in the wrong direction. Or, like, there's balance. Yeah. You still have to, like, discipline your kids. You still have to teach them. Right from wrong. Yeah. Which is why I I couldn't have a kid right now because I'm still, like very laissez-faire when it comes to, like, parenting. I'm like, yeah, you know, go have some freedom. Like, do what you need to do, and then come back and learn, and we'll learn stuff, but, you know, freedom. Like, so. you know, in middle school, that's about around the time when you first become, like, open to cussing. <laughs> like, people would start cursing in middle school, and, you know, if I'm a parent, I'm like, you know, you're going to cuss. But there's a right way to do it, and it's not just some, you know, assault rifle. You can just keep shooting at everybody, but I think it's definitely something that you got to teach your kids to handle differently than parents these days. Because you'll see little kids on the internet just cussing up a storm, and you're just like, that's no way to... Yeah. Right. My mother would have Bring slapped someone me. Up. <laughs> yeah, I think our generation, like raising kids, we had to find a balance, and a lot of us haven't. And so it, you know, becomes like the older generation was very much like use a rod rather than spoil a child. Right. Younger generation, like Pink Floyd the Wall. Yeah, the you know, like younger generation is more like at. everyone gets a participation trophy because we're all special, <laughs> and. <laughs> So, like, there has to be a good balance in between. Like, 
And I'm sure there is one, but like a lot of us aren't finding it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it'll change going forward. Maybe like when I say like our class starts like going out and having children, like we'll figure it out. I don't know. Parenting is hard, as we've been told several times this semester. Any more thoughts on either the question or the movie or do you want to talk about next week's movie? What is next week's movie? Next week's movie is The Sixth Sense. Okay. Oh, cool. A little tidbit. I have not seen it. Really? Oh, my God. But I know the famous line, I see Mm -hmm. dead people. And that just rings in my head. And I've, it's already been spoiled. They were dead the whole time. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think that's one of those, if you haven't seen it, you still kind of know what happens anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, like, didn't see it until I was in, was I in high school when I saw it? I think so. But, like, there was a, already a, spe- like, the I Love the 90s special or something like that on VH1. And they spoiled it in that. So I'm like, mm. oh, well, that's lovely like i was Great. gonna go watch that yeah <laughs> but yeah I, I saw it a long time ago i haven't seen it since so it'll be good to see it to revisit it um fun story i was trying to find a closing song to all of this mm-hmm. and i i couldn't find like a famous six cents song because <laughs> there isn't one under like the soundtrack so instead i was gonna go with a different song from another Bruce Willis movie. Death Metal? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, it's a uh, movie about space. It's a pretty epic little ending. Bruce Willis sacrifices his life for Ben Affleck. Look at this. Star no. Wars. No. <laughs> that, n- n- like neither of you know that movie. What do you say? I don't know what you're talking about. Die Hard 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Okay, so (laughs) the movie that I chose the song from, Bruce Willis is in it. Mm -hmm. They go to space. The ending song is pretty epic to that movie. And Bruce Willis sacrifices his life for Ben Affleck. This sounds so familiar, but I can't. Like, once you say it, I feel like I'm going to know what you're talking about. Armageddon. This is the movie. (laughs) And the song, of course, is Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. Hmm. So that's the the closing song because next week is The Sixth Sense and there's no Sixth Sense song. So we went with the other Bruce Willis famous song. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and play it now. moment forever every moment 
So, as Karina and James exit, we're going to bring in Kate and Ollie for part two of Inside Out. Um, I guess Kate and the boys and Karina and the boys, <laughs> technically, this week. We have a, we have a double show. So, uh, we'll be back after a short break. Enjoy some more Aerosmith or whatever the next song is. I'm not sure. But, yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay, so we are back after a short break. Um, so earlier we had Karina and James on the show talking about Inside Out. And now we have the main cast back in action. So let's go ahead and reintroduce everyone. Um, as always, this is Kate and the boys with... With Kate. Ollie. Yeah, Ollie. And then Jerry Bear. So we are back. This is... Kate, welcome back. You're back. You're here. You're no longer in New York where in... you were missed. <laughs> it's me in the flesh. <laughs> Exciting stuff. We definitely missed you last week. Uh, I'm glad we got to do the, uh, the little breakdown at the end of the show. It got added for you online listeners, which currently we only have one online listener. <laughs> that's humans. So <laughs> Hey, uh, that's fine. Hey, Dr. Humans. What's up? Okay, so we're talking about the movie inside out pixar as you both know so let's since i already talked about you know what i thought about the movie let's let's get your two thoughts um ollie we'll start with you today what do you think of the movie did you like it did you not like it what's up yeah i liked it i mean i saw previews um whenever they were getting aired on during the movie theaters and during um when they're getting advertisements for just television and i thought to myself dang that sounds like a really fun movie i want to go see that i have a younger brother's like hmm, maybe i can go see it with him but i didn't actually do that and i've been wanting to see it ever since then so i was glad i got to i got to see it this semester um i liked it i liked the whole concept behind uh having a specific you know small character person you know controlling all your emotions and whatnot and the whole story i didn't really the previews don't really portray the story um it doesn't really tell you that Happy gets lost down there in long-term memory with sadness. I didn't know any of that mm-hmm. until until the movie actually rolled, um, progressed. But I liked the whole storyline. I thought it was, I thought it was really clever. And it's for me, if I have any any imagination, I feel like that would be spot on. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> okay. I liked it. Cool. Uh, Kate, did you join the movie? Um, I like this movie because it, I don't know if it was the main purpose, but there was a part of the making of the movie for autistic children, Um, you know, because autistic children have a hard time showing their emotions and they have a hard time processing other people's emotions. So um, I remember when this first came out um, and when I first saw it, um, it 
it was good for because I had a stepbrother. Um, he's no longer my stepbrother because our parents divorced. But he had Asperger's, which is a mild form of autism. Mm-hmm. So um, I saw it with him and seeing him actually be able to process, you know, different characters was really nice. And I'm sure it was really nice for, you know, children with full on autism because typically um, children who suffer from that, it that, you know, they don't understand sarcasm or certain jokes or um, really just like common sayings and stuff like that. They don't know how to take it. But this movie, since the, it shows each emotion as like a as a character itself, um, I thought that was a really creative way to kind of bring light to autistic children and give them something where they could actually really understand it. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I really... Oh, can I add something real quick? Yes. And the whole plot of it being a child, you know, dealing with um, a move and just typical children's stuff, like at school and everything like that, I think it makes it really relatable. It wasn't something that all children just couldn't relate to, only autistic children. I think all children could really relate to what Riley was going through. Yeah, well, seeing these, like, and this is something we brought up earlier, seeing these, like, characters, these emotions, like, personified, it really helped you understand, you know, the emotions a lot better. Um, and then I was saying earlier that I thought the actors that they brought on to portray the emotions were spot on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Mindy Kalin, as uh, discussed, Amy Poehler is happy. Yeah. Phyllis from The Office as sadness. And then um, Bill Hader was... Worry is was that is that what's what's called or a fear fear yes yeah yeah and then uh, obviously anchor played mm-hmm. by do you know I don't know here I don't know who anchor was played by even though his character was was hilarious it's uh Lewis Black Lewis Black played anchor he's the uh, comedian if you watched uh like the Daily Show uh he's like the comedian that kind of like goes on the rants about yeah like... oh and that's perfect and they they like almost look like them yeah. Well, a lot of, like, do you know how, like, animated uh, they animation u- don't works? Don't they usually, like, make them kind of look like the people? Yeah, like, they bring in voice actors first before, like, they finish animating. Like, they have very basic animations, and then yeah. they bring in voice actors. And they'll usually, like, view, like, they'll tape them recording their, they'll both, obviously, audio tape them, but, like, videotape them doing the voices. And a lot of times they'll give the animations that same like expression expressions that they're using it's really a neat process yeah that's actually really really interesting like that looks like mindy (laughs) Kaling. it does so let's see let me look at my show notes that's so crazy because the show notes actually matter this half of the podcast because y'all are here um earlier i was kind of winging it because well, my show notes, as you guys know, like I come up with like show notes every week to like mm-hmm. kind of organize us-ish. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you want uh, the question? I have it pulled up. Yes. Uh, what's the question? Who are the guiding voices in your psychic journey? Hmm. So um, earlier what I said was a lot of times I like to – use like for example in high school i had a person who was my friend her name was martina i told her you are my conscience like you're my conscience physical form so every time like i was gonna make a decision i would think back to well what would martina do in this situation like it 
what she thinks is a good idea, what she thinks is a bad idea, and then like I would use that as like a a way to steer the ship as yeah. it were. Um, and I still do that to today. Like um, I have people in my life that like scold me sometimes because I make terrible decisions at times, and so like I'll think back to them and I'm like, okay, I should like not do that or like for example one of my friends wants me to drink more water because i don't drink enough water so like instead of going for a soda sometimes i'll think oh she's only gonna drink water i should get some water instead mm-hmm. so i think a lot of people who i meet are the like the people who are guiding me right like they're my guiding voices like they're they have a lot of influence on my life um but what, what about you guys what do you think i would say <clears throat> My siblings in particular. I mean, obviously family is a huge influence. Um, I feel like in anybody's case. But for me, for sure, is are my siblings. And actually, believe it or not, my, my acquaintances in the sport that I love, um, which is soccer. It's because my siblings, well, I have, first of all, I have three others. I have one younger and two older. Um, an, older an older sister and an older brother, which are both out of the country. Uh, my brother's in the Peace Corps, and then my sister's teaching English in Thailand. And so casual. Yeah, I don't know. They're both. They both graduated. She graduated from Texas A&M. He graduated. He graduated from UT Dallas, and they both kind of had this influence of okay, I just want to do something that's extremely humane, and want to go do something for you know for the good of society. And so I base a lot of my decisions on what they've done in the past. I cut their always kind of an example of okay like what they first they got a job right after college and then they they decided to save up and then go travel um but for me even whenever I wasn't in in college yet and I was still in high school the status quo was okay just be the best that I can and move on to the next step without my parents getting on me because they got already on my they've they've gotten on my siblings when they were in the process of high school transitioning to college about you know different kinds of uh i guess typical teenage stuff that i guess sometimes they get in trouble for and so i just kind of wanted to be that person that was not the person to be worried about mm-hmm. you know um i'm sure your parents appreciate that <laughs> and you were yeah. you're not the youngest right you have one younger i one. have one younger brother yeah. who has a who actually has a minor form minor form of autism um he has thing that kind of brings all together he has mitochondrial disorder mm-hmm. um which kind of brings on autism and he has a minor form of epilepsy which has pretty much disappeared since they found the right um combination of pharmaceuticals for him which is good yeah. and um, how much younger is he than you he's you he just turned 13 okay so quite quite like almost 10 years okay since i'm 22 so like when you were in like high school he was already like more yeah, and stuff yeah, so exactly so do you exactly. think that like influenced a lot like that your decisions? also did that also did it's actually one of the biggest decisions why i decided to stay here in austin mm-hmm. to go to school instead of going anywhere else just so i could be close to him you know um but i would say definitely family siblings bar none um and then also in terms of a soccer aspect and athletics that also determined me to stay here just because I knew some fellows who were on the soccer team here, and it made comfortable. It made me comfortable to play for this specific team, just because I knew how they played in there, and the style that they played was was one that I was looking for as well. 
Um, those are pretty much the basis of Wolf, like the voices behind me and the reasons why I've done a lot of things that I've done. Yeah, and like sociology shows us that like the your first social group is your family. Like that informs your first everything you know is that yeah. your family. And then yeah. you expand out as you grow. Mm-hmm. So you know it works. It kind of helps to inform everything. It does for sure. Kate, what about you? Um, okay, so obviously I have, you know, family and friends who are in my head. Um, for instance, my grandparents are in my head kind of, they're pushing me to be successful and to like keep moving forward. And then I have a very specific friend who is always in the back of my mind when I'm like being honest because she is like so about being an honest person and just being yourself and she she could be like a little hostile about it to friends you know she's you know that kind of person who'll call you out anytime you're not being truthful and so she's kind of always in the back of my mind if I'm like did I you know fabricate that a little bit or was I being completely truthful Mm -hmm. um and then my boyfriend is extremely kind extremely honest um and so He's always in the back of my mind when I'm, you know, thinking about how I'm treating people. Am I being kind to them? How could I help them? He says hello to everyone he passes on the side of the street. He stops to talk to the workers in the deli at the grocery store to ask them how their day is. And so that's always in the back of my mind when I see like a homeless person or someone who needs help with something. If I see someone drop something, I don't just keep walking. I try to stop and see if they need help because I have that kindness in the back of my mind that I get from him. But to be honest, a lot of things, I don't really know what drives them because I'm completely different than everyone in my life. I don't know why. I always have been. I came from a small town, you know, where I always had these crazy dreams of like, being famous and just doing something crazy. I was always voted most likely to become famous. I was always just so different from my entire family, from all of my friends, and even throughout college, as much as I tried to conform to my friend groups and, you know, kind of fit in with them, I never really did. And over the past couple of years, I've really stepped out. And almost now I try to do the opposite of what I think a lot of my friends would do because I just don't exactly like what they do or Mm -hmm. like how they do things and they all think I'm so unrealistic with my dreams and my ambitions and you know you ask them what their dream is and they're like oh I'd like to find a good paying job you know around 60 70 grand and just stay here in Texas Mm -hmm. and you ask me my dreams and they're so much bigger and perhaps unrealistic but I like to be that way. Yeah. If, I mean, if you have a chance to dream anything, why would you just keep it small? Yeah. Um, and I feel I feel like that makes me, you know, have a bigger chance of reaching an extreme goal because I just, it's there for me. So I don't really know what guides that. I don't think it's anyone that I know, um, perhaps celebrities or people that inspire me. Mm-hmm. Um and people that inspire me are, you know, writers and artists and people who are super creative. Like when I see creative things on the internet and on Instagram and stuff, those type of people stick with me, even if I have no idea who they are. I just try to, 
you know, bring out the most cre- creative sides of me, mm-hmm. even if it's just temporary. But I guess just the basics, like honesty and kindness and just like simple motivation would just be like my family and like really close friends. But <laughs> for the most part, no one, no one's really there. Yeah. That's cool though, because my sister's similar in a way. But she just, she just got this urge and she just got this motivation to travel. I mean, no one big in my family has been really big, been into traveling a lot. And she's, she's really big into that. Like a year, I think a year before she went to Thailand, she went to Spain. But she first she studied abroad, and I think that kind of triggered her. Okay, I want to go here. I want to go to all these other beautiful places. And then she studied abroad. Then she went over to Spain again just because she just loved it so much and she came back to the states lived a few months here and then she's like i i don't like it here yeah i want to i want to do something exotic i want to do something out of the ordinary and so her current boyfriend had taught in the same kind of organization that they're teaching in in other countries like chile and and spain as well and so she's like yeah let's let's do this let's go to an asian country and let's let's just do this. Let's go teach English in Thailand because we can. Yeah. You know? That's the kind of, like, I don't know what it is and like or what I want to do. I have this, I've had it for a couple of months, this feeling of just, like, something great is, like, coming my way. And I don't know what. I mean, I went to Fashion Week, and I worked during Fashion Week. I met a lot of really, really important people. And then it kind of made me realize that having the passion and drive and excitement that I have that, you know, sometimes I get made fun of for by my friends and family is exactly what those type of people want. And I got so many compliments and so many connections with people who loved my spirit and like my drive and just my desire to learn more. And when I say learn more, I have a really hard time learning in like a, a school setting it's so hard for me but in like a work setting where I'm really really interested in something I mean I, I kill it I really do and yeah I may, maybe that's God that's kind of how I am as well so <laughs> I mean, Kate and Ollie you kind of both touched on on it a bit um but let's let's take like a deeper dive into the question like because you both kind of touched it like on it but um basically what we talked about earlier was well, yeah, you know, people and stuff will are your guiding voices, but then like, what's the like higher level thought? Like, um, like like you mentioned, passion, right? Like, you're passionate for fashion, and therefore you're gonna it drives <laughs> passion you for passion for fashion. <laughs> yes. I, I I cringed a moment. I yeah, said it. I know. Um, oh, you didn't even know it. But like I oh said, gosh, okay, we're gonna end this now. <laughs> okay, so as I was saying, yeah, you have this passion that that drives you and. I'm sure everyone else like that has passion for whatever it is, like film or soccer or whatever, or like travel, like your sister. That is the thing that drives them. But what else? Like, what else is there that that's kind of the same higher level, like higher level thoughts, or not higher level thoughts, like higher le- concepts, higher level concepts that like drive you. So less about like people, but more like passion, more about things of that nature um, um you touched on like the religion thing like is, is that is that if that is a thing that drives you then you know well 
that's the thing. I don't know. As I've said before, I, I kind of, I'm kind of on the fence, but I don't discredit. I don't not think it's God. I just don't know mm-hmm. if it is. And once it, you know, really, really hits me that it is, I'll run with it. I just don't know for sure yet. But I know one thing, and I don't know why I'm like this. I just put myself on, not a pedestal, because that's not how I mean it. I put my, or I hold myself to this higher standard that I don't know where it came from. And so I feel like I can't just do something average. Yeah. I feel like there are some people who expect more of me just because how I've always been. I expect more of me that just doing something typical would just make me feel like I've failed Mm -hmm. and like didn't ever reach my full potential. And that's always in the back of my mind. Yeah. I like for me, as you were saying earlier, like you, you have friends that like just want that good job and don't want to move to Texas. And I have, like I have a friend like that. Um, he, Wanted to be an engineer, like he went to UT, but he could not get into the engineering program, so he settled for business. He wasn't particularly, like, he wasn't passionate about business, but he settled for it because, like, you know, a business degree, I can get a good job, whatever, it doesn't matter. So he went for business. After that, he got a job in Dallas at, at like, one of the accounting firms, like, um, P&G, not P&G, was it P&G? One of, like, the abbreviations, I don't know. Uh, but he got a job there, and he hated his job. But he continued going to this job because he was getting paid and was making good money. But he had zero passion for the work. Um, he recently just quit that job and found another job at a smaller accounting firm where he says, like, well, it's a slightly better because you're not working six, like you're not forced to work six hours a week. Um, but I still don't think it's what he's passionate about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just kind of a good job. And he's you know, living in Dallas with his wife and his dogs. And that's kind of all he wants, right? Whereas my other friend moved to New York, became an art, like he's an architect. He moved to New York and he's following what he's passionate about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, I see these very stark differences between my two friends. And for me, I always like, I never wanted to kind of settle for anything. Um, because I knew, like Kate was saying, like I knew I, I could do more. Like everyone in my family, and I'm talking about my mom's side of the family, not my dad's. Although my dad's side's kind of similar. They're all teachers. Like they all teach in Mexico. Or there's three career fields that the Romeros go into. There's teaching, there's law enforcement, and nursing. Mm. Those are the three fields that the Romeros go into. Um, and I, for a little while there, was going to be a teacher. I was going to go into education. Discovered, well, while I may like teaching, it's not what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I went back, or I came back here, and went back to like what I was originally passionate about in high school was you know journalism and production and things of that nature. So what was the point? I, I went on this long tangent. I don't remember what the main point was. Um why that's your not settle not settling yes not selling so like i think that's a thing that can drive you like the the idea that you deserve more and i think in today's society where we're all kind of told that we're special a lot of us really believe it 
And so we don't let ourselves kind of settle for basic, you know, life, essentially. Not that, like, anyone, if you want, if that's what you want, if you want to, like, go get a good job and go live in the suf- like the suburbs, fine. I'm not going to, like, make fun of you. Although it kind of sounded like I was making fun of my friend there for a second. <laughs> but, like, you know. No, I know what you mean. It's almost like. You don't judge them for settling, but in the back of your mind, you're like, "Why are you just settling?" Yeah, that's you how my can't help but is. you can't help but think it. Yeah, that's how my family is. Like they see that my siblings are traveling, they say, "Okay, when are you gonna travel? When are you gonna get out there? When are you gonna just get out of Austin and just go somewhere?" Which I have intentions to. I just want to complete what I want to complete right now, and then right after that, then I have all the time I want to to do that. Mm-hmm. But they're just like, "No, go go right now. Go go to Europe. Go to." You know, if we have a chance to go to another country with Concord to do that, that'd be cool. But at the same time, if it's not required for me to, in, in the things that required for my major, then it'd be cool. But I'm going to do what I want to do to complete as fast as I can. Yeah. You know? Um, <clears throat> but one thing I'd say that I didn't realize I was really passionate about until unfortunately after they had passed was my grandfather my grandfather has played a huge role in my family tree i mean i feel like a lot for a lot of families but for me i didn't really know a lot i mean i knew a lot but i didn't know depths about my what my grandfather did until he passed about a month ago or so um because he worked for the united nations and he did all these great things and i somewhat knew about i didn't really know very many details about them and so when I kind of figured out I was like that's such a role model for me to follow you know he has he had such a a abstract amazing life that I don't want to be just somebody oh yeah he was just you know he didn't do really extravagant things yeah I feel like after that I was like dang I, I need to go out and do something I mean, I mean, I know that like, right, right there now. is like I feel like what you should strive for. Mm-hmm. That like after you pass, the rest of your family wants to live up to the things that you left behind. Right, right, and that's what ultimately what I want to leave is like, oh, I'm motivated by that person because of what they did. Yeah, you know, like who, who can I motivate? Mm-hmm. How can I leave my motivational, you know, footprint? after I'm gone, you know? Yeah, I'm the same. I would love to be, like, the force that really drives someone, like, oh, like, Kate did these things, and, you know, she had these obstacles. Mm-hmm. She could do it. I could do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, be that person in someone's journey in the back of their mind, like, yeah. in their head, just, like, pushing them to keep going. I just want to be there with that weird director dude who's, like, crazy but like a genius at the same time right like that's that's all i want i just want Why not? Why the reputation you? of being crazy but a genius <laughs> like uh, last year i was and this is another tangent but it counts I mean, it, it makes sense from what i just said um last year i was taking photos of um karina over by b building and while she was doing so i think she was like fixing her hair her makeup or something. she was getting ready for the photo I was like, I went to go sit where she was sitting, and I looked at my reflection in the door, and it was like shuffling around. And she was like, "What are you doing?" It's like, "Oh, I'm using the reflection to figure out my angle for like the shot, right?" 
Um, and at that point, I realized, like, oh, I'm going to be a weird director. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to have to explain to people, like, oh, I'm doing this because of this. <laughs> Trust me, it works. Like what you're saying. Well, surely, yeah. surely at some point, you'll just be so successful, you won't have to explain. <laughs> Hopefully. We'll see. No one will question you. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'll leave my assistant to do that. That'll be her job to explain. Explain to them what I'm doing. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and go into final thoughts, and we'll talk about um, what next week's movie is. So final thoughts, whoever wants to go first. Um, final thoughts were I enjoyed it a lot. I really did. And as soon as I saw happy be a part of the film and make her introduction and sadness 30 seconds after i knew straight away that sadness was just gonna was gonna be just as important as happy was Mm -hmm. even though throughout the movie happy had this kind of glow that no other character did i don't know if you noticed that she had this type of glow that no other character had and i was like okay um obviously she's supposed to be running things because obviously happiness is you know huge but at the same time i was just waiting for sadness to rise up because i knew eventually she was going to yeah you know but i, I liked it I, I really did maybe there'll be a part two no they probably won't but <laughs> there's a i'm excited sh- for the incredibles too for sure there's a little short on youtube um where it's riley's first date oh. and it's all about like and it explores more like the parents like the mom like goes up and asks riley like what like so what's what's happening like what's the haps and she's like using teen lingo mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and riley can see right through it she's like or at least the emotions can see yeah. right there like what is she like doing like that's weird and like the dad is very like standard dad like who is this boy there should not be a boy in my house riley is 12 years old why is this boy here right mm-hmm. this is a very like confrontational like stereotypical <laughs> it's a great little short if y'all haven't seen it i'll send you the link later uh, so you can watch it and if any of you audience at home hasn't seen it it's on youtube look it up uh kate final thoughts final thoughts um i really enjoyed the movie like i said i liked the the underlying message behind it um for autistic children um, and then also just kind of gets you thinking, like we were talking about, like what's in your head, like what's driving you, who's driving you, what are your passions? Um, and then I just started thinking about like, you know, what's my angry like or my sadness or my happiness? Like what would they be like? What would they look like? And I just pictured just these dorky little animals or something like <laughs> with unicorns and rainbows and yeah (laughs) then i realized how like just giddy i am about everything (laughs) so that was like a nice thought to have about myself like Mm -hmm. i'm definitely not as dark as most people can be Mm -hmm. um but i liked it i liked the message i thought it was really good and i've actually seen it multiple times so yeah i'm gonna my final thought because i'm gonna be like my second final thought I'm actually really glad that we there was a split in the middle, like a little break between like you two and then Karina and James earlier, because like we went on two completely different like journeys as far as like what we talked about. Mm-hmm. Even though like I asked essentially the same questions, like they answered completely differently than you two, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, but that's not my final thought. I was, my, sorry, what, I was gonna say one thing. I I forgot. 
forgot to really mention was the whole basis behind the whole conversation of what our passions were. Yeah. This is going to bring up some more conversation, but I just need to mention it, that even though my major is environmental science, I'm trying to have that connection with it, even though I do enjoy it. My main passion, uh, like you said, you have ambitions about doing greater things. Um, I had ambitions of honestly, honestly playing professional level of soccer, you know, Mm -hmm. and that has been my huge passion ever since high school and before high school as a child. You know, I had this huge passion of staying with it after college and playing at a different level, but knowing and realizing that it isn't going to be that realistic, I can still pursue to do that. I need to learn to be more passionate about why I'm here Mm -hmm. and the reason why I'm I'm studying what I'm studying. Yeah. You know, but sorry, I just, I think I totally forgot to mention that when we were talking about passion. That's perfectly (laughs) fine. Um, Anyways, so my final thought was that, like, I'm I'm glad that we we were able to pursue two different, like, completely different conversations here, Uh, even though... It was led by, I led both conversations and asked the same questions. It was really interesting to see that. But more in line with the movie, I think it was really clever of the filmmakers to, like you were saying, Ollie, like Happy was there first, but then Sadness came in like 30 seconds later. Yeah. Um, and I think it shows how important it is that you know yes be happy but also it's okay to be sad sometimes like sadness is just going to be inherently there because balance yeah for whatever reason that it is it's just gonna be there right Mm um so yeah that's that's my final thought just it's good you you know you need all these emotions and it's good to be aware that you have them all yeah um so yeah next week i believe is the sixth sense Yes. yes, Bruce Willis. I see dead people. Um, earlier, I pl- my the outro song I played was Armageddon. Uh, Don't want this thing, Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. Which I gave like I asked them like you know to guess and they could not guess. Like I gave them so many hints. I was like, it's Bruce Willis. There's a meteor. Like Bruce Willis sacrifices his life for Ben Affleck. Like. And they didn't get it. They what? did not like. They're like, what? What are you talking about? Like, what movie? Did are they you? even live through the nineties? I, I don't know, but they just did not get the clue at all. We're not gonna be playing that intro or outro because we already played it. We'll do, we'll do something else. We'll do. Uh, I know. I know what we're gonna do. Weird.